is David Poland, and this is the hot button number 37, The Beatles Get Back. It's so complicated that it's not complicated at all. The Beatles Get Back, directed by Peter Jackson and starring the Beatles, is the greatest art process documentary I have ever experienced. I spent seven hours and 48 minutes watching 22 days of John, Paul, George, and Ringo work it out. The new and the old, the happy and the frustrated, the beginning of so many songs that so many of us remember like the date of our births, evolving from scraps into the so familiar. It seems absurd to compare Get Back to Shoah, the epic Claude Lanzmann Jewish Holocaust documentary, but what makes Shoah the greatest of all Holocaust docs is the simplicity and depth of people talking to one another. Like Jackson making decisions about Get Out, Lanzmann had the benefit of what anyone who has ever been taught about the Jewish Holocaust with any depth at all has already seen. No one is sitting through nearly eight hours of a documentary without a real interest in the subject. But Beatles being the Beatles is only part of what makes Get Back so wonderful. It's being in the inner workings of making the music that astonishes. As an audience, we already know the end results long before the people were watching for hour after hour. Like Lord of the Rings, we know that the hero's journey will pay off. But like a Hitchcock movie, the filmmaking encourages subtly the audience to participate and anticipate what might happen next over and over again. Maybe it would be less interesting for people who have been in professional bands. Maybe all of those families of musicians worked through the process this way. Recalling Berlinger and Sanofsky's Metallica Some Kind of Monster, the film is really about who those men were. This is very different. The film is about 15 iterations of Sweet Loretta Martin's name. That journey that we all live through in various ways through our lives and work, but we don't see commemorated on screen. Would anybody be remotely interested in how I write this column each day? How I process information and finally decide to sit down at the keyboard and compose? Probably not. I ain't the Beatles. But as a journalist who has done literally thousands of long-form interviews with filmmakers, that intimacy with the process is what I most desire. I want to offer my audience that insight, none of which is my own. For instance, I can see and appreciate a performance. My engagement with that performance is filtered through my humanity, good and bad. My opinion may match in certain ways the percentage of the audience. That is the thing about being a critic and expressing it to the audience. But taking a viewer into the process that got there, which most actors keep as hidden as possible, is to experience that performance in a wholly different way. In my work doing interviews, I'm always too late to really capture that. I can discuss it with an artist. They can relay stories about it. But it's kind of like when a close friend is going through something and they aren't lying to you, but you know that their words don't match their feelings. You can hear it in their voice. You can see it in their eyes. You need to be there as they are experiencing it. Later, they can look back with perspective and tell you that how they can now admit what they were feeling. But it's not the same. My only regret about this film is that it ended up debuting on my TV and not in a movie theater, or at least having both experiences available. Eight hours is a long time on a television set. 75-inch screen, Atmos sound, dark room, I, but I still have a family and a bladder and a cell phone that's not silenced, etc. I actually ended up watching the film over the course of two days on two different TVs in my home, broken up, basically, into four hours, two hours, and two-hour chunks. What is so engaging about the film isn't is that it isn't always engaging. It's often like sitting in a room with a band. When they're engaged and when they disengage, watching George become so passive as Paul controls the space, while he, Paul, also complains about controlling the space until George makes himself disappear. Ringo being quiet most of the time, but being there more consistently than anyone else. Paul, the little brother, following the lead of John the Elder, with that kind of familiar love in his eyes as John goofs around and Paul wants to be part of that. It's the guys messing around with the speakers and other equipment. It's Yoko and Linda, silent and not. It's the absolute comfort that the band has, has, that they have, that things will work out when it seems impossible. And ultimately, the magic music that we have loved for the 50 years since. 
The focus of the movie theater would make this a greater experience. The size of the screen would make it life-size, sometimes more than that. And instead of being directed where to look by Peter Jackson and the existing footage in the edit, the audience can be observers to even a greater level. As the director, it is Jackson's greatest power here to not force himself on the footage. He loved the footage into its best place. I would love to see the documentary of his journey with the footage. Choices along the way. Anyway, I pray that Jackson and Disney decide at some point to put this eight-hour experience into a movie theater for at least a few weeks at some point. I'd be there in a second. I think a lot of ticket buyers would, even for a $50 ticket price, maybe soda included. Two meal breaks, an experience like no other. I will surely dip into the Beatles Get Out many times in the years to come. But it is the consumption of the whole meal that is really the most nourishing. Some films are about the journey, some about the outcome. Peter Jackson has proven to be a master of giving us both, even if he now is a billionaire. Until tomorrow.